Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Ben Dahl. And the first weekend of the 2019 WNBA season is in the books. So to take us through one of the key games from the weekend and one of the one of the teams kind of at the forefront of the discussions of the early goings of the season is the Seattle Storm. So on the line to talk about the Storm is Alex Coffey. Alex, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. And this was an this was an interesting weekend to kind of process because I think if you really wanted to pick at it, you know, a lot of these games you kind of say, okay, like what are we going to take from this with with all the injuries and whatnot, and obviously Mercury Storm being one of them. But just as they come away with this win and they have the awesome crowd, even though they're not at Key Arena, of course, you know, just what were kind of the big picture takeaways for you as the Storm pull out that win? Um. Well. For starters, I'd have to start with a crowd. Um, I think 8,500 people that ended up showing. And the Storm were one of the teams that are going to be splitting their um, home court between two different places. So Everett, Washington is about 30 minutes away from Seattle. Um, so they're going to be playing some of their games there and then the rest of their games at the University of Washington, which is in Seattle. So... I mean, I was really impressed that they were able to draw that big of a crowd considering the fact that people would have to drive on, like, a holiday weekend um, all the way out there. But the was absolutely incredible. Um, so that was, like, my first takeaway. Um, and then my second takeaway was just, like, how, uh, how different the first half and the second half were. Um, obviously, things were looking a little bit... Um, a little bleak for them in the first half, and I think a lot of that was riding on Jordan Canada's performance and Jewel Lloyd's performance, and those are two players that the Storm are looking to kind of step up um, as Stu Bird and Stewie are sidelined. Um, and it just kind of seemed like it took them like a little bit, a little while to just like settle into their game and kind of like get out of their own way, but um, in the second half, Jordan um, really... Jordan and Jewel both really, like, exploded offensively compared to their first-half performances. Um, I think in the first half, Jordan had, like, eight turnovers, um, which obviously isn't ideal, and with those them missing two birds, um, you know, as the primary um, ball handler, like, that wouldn't have happened with Bird on the court. Um, but I think that that was kind of just, like, nerves getting to her. And I think she cut it down to one one turnover in the second half um, and then uh, in Jewel's case Jewel wasn't taking as many shots in the first half I think she only took three um, and then in the second half she took uh, I think she ended up with like seven uh, 14 points I'm pretty sure I'm, just, I'm not looking at a box score <laughs> off the top of my head uh, so she was taking a lot more shots in the second in the second half and stuff and felt a little bit more comfortable out there so I think um from a takeaway, a takeaway from that game would be how much of their success is riding on those two players because it really just like two totally different teams, first half, first second half, um, and I think that that was obviously like connected to Lloyd and Canada's. I think the the margin for error for those two players is gone completely, and last year, you know, to be frank, like at, in, in the playoffs, it showed that. It, it was there for both those players. You know, Canada struggled from the field all season long. And then for Jewel, it was, 
in a sense it was almost you know some of the extra stuff she can do or or just like some of the some of the bigger scoring games she have can have in a way those were kind of icing on the cake for them but yeah but you know for her to become more of a constant and and just getting to the free throw line you know i don't i've i've hit on that plenty i don't want to belabor that point but just just to get there for jewel is important for her to to get some easier points on the board and and to to circle back to jordan she, she uh and she addressed the turnovers too uh with holly Rowe at halftime for those of us that are watching on tv but mm-hmm. i mean some of those shots she was throwing in in the second half and i think she even had one of them in the first half just what do you what do you make of those finishes to i mean to be i mean you got to be there in person to see a player of that size to just be able to go in there in her first game as a starter and just kind of make make plays like that i mean um just the fact that she didn't only do one reverse layup, she did. I think she did two, and that she seemed like she was really, you know, starting to feel confident out there. And I thought that was really promising, um, you know, for someone that's never had a starting role and is starting to like just have more minutes in a game. Um, I talked to her before. Um, I talked to her before the game, and she did seem a little bit, you know, she's been getting a lot of questions about you know, her relationship with Sue and how she feels about filling that role. And I think that it's kind of like, I think sometimes it can kind of psych her out and she can get kind of um, overwhelmed by it. But um, it seemed to me like when she was able to kind of tune that stuff out, um, she was a lot more confident on the court. So One of the cool things too is that, is seeing her make shots like that too is like a common, a common critique for especially for like us you know people are going to look at look at height for guards and they'll say oh well yeah I don't, I don't know are they going to make those same shots in the pros and and obviously like the sample has to grow and it's going to this year for jordan especially with bird out for a little bit but i mean i mean the early returns just some of the plays that she even tries and then she ends up making them it's just like this you know there aren't other players doing this and it i i think it has to add a certain level of excitement too if you just try to think about even for people that want to be a little pessimistic and say maybe they aren't excited to watch this team, I think just knowing Jordan's stake in the f- of the future of this franchise and just kind of the extra chances that you're going to get to see her make plays like that, I think it just I think it just adds a ton to the to the season given where we're at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, she's only in her second. I mean, if you think about the feeling for a player like that. She's only in her second season. You know. Um, She's going from, I don't know exactly how many minutes she was averaging per game last um, last year, but I mean, it's definitely going to be, you know, a bigger load for her this year, so, um, so it'll definitely be exciting to watch for sure. And, and something I wanted to ask you about, you had uh, in one of your pieces with The Athletic, Gary Kloppenberg was talking a little bit about the word pressure, so you know, kind of fill in the gaps with, you know, what 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 he's been saying with that, and and kind of how you saw that play out on the floor uh, in their game against Phoenix. Yeah, um, honestly, the best example that I can think of um, is just how aggressive they were in the paint against states like Bonner and Griner. Um, Natasha Howard really loved the charge with that. She had, I think, seven offensive rebounds, and they had twenty second chance points to um, the Phoenix's four, and um, that was something that I followed up with him on yesterday. He said, you know, that that's just the style of play that they're going for, just kind of being 
aggressive and hustling and bringing a lot of energy, especially in the paint. Um, so that's, I mean, right off the top of my head, that's what I think of. But, yeah. And for them to, to just to, you know, Brittany Granny still ended up having like a good, a, you know, pretty solid day by the numbers, but force her to force her into some turnovers and just to, to make like t- life yeah. tough, it's just, it's the one thing every team just prays that they can do, even with Diana Taurasi out for a little bit. And, you know, for whatever reason, especially Natasha Howard, it's just like she's just, she's just always present and she's just always going to be around. I think that that was one of kind of the, the defining things to their season last year but you know one of the i get you kind of wrote about this in in your preview too but kind of you know you you kind of mentioned like kind of the other player you know how they can kind of be flexible with who they start once alicia clark gets back of course so what do you make of crystal langhorn who ended up getting the lion's share of the minutes and as you correctly predicted that you know when when they do play a bigger team that she's probably gonna be the player that gets a lot of those minutes yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. I mean, I think, obviously, and I wrote this, but it's going to depend. I think they're going to shift their starting five based on who they're playing. You know, um, Langhorn, um, I think they're going to look to her to, like, shoot from outside more than she has in the past. Because um, my, my impression is that they're really going to look for, to kind of, like, replace that getting beyond the arc. Um, whether or not she'll be able to do that never remains to be seen. But, um, but yeah, I think um, it'll really, what they, like, the pieces that they end up shifting will really depend on, um, on like, the team that they're playing. So it'll be, um, I think there's, like, a lot of opportunity for some, you know, different players to get in there. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I think she's definitely one that they'll consider using, I think, Natasha Howard, Jordan, uh, Jordan and Jewel will be like more constants that they stick with in the starting five. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of opportunity for for you know different players to step to step up. Yeah, Langhorn and Langhorn, she shot two threes, and the one the one longer jumper she made, she was pretty close to being out there, but she was clearly just like standing out there more, which even just within their system it just helps and it 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 it, uh it opens things up a little bit especially you know depending on where she's standing that could be the difference between you know Brittany Griner having to travel four feet to go block someone's layup or 15 and and that just it makes it really tough for her even if she's guarding someone that she might want to want to let shoot one of those threes um and then the other the other big that ended up playing for Seattle was Mercedes Russell um, or did anything really stand out to you? Just maybe how she battled with Griner, or just or just what you've maybe been maybe what you've heard uh, about her in camp so far as she's starting her second season here. Um, the only thing that really stands out to me is that um, she. I went to their preseason game in Everett um, a couple of weeks ago, and you know she was talking about how much more confident she feels after going. She played overseas in Poland, I think, with um with Jordan, actually, and um, she was talking about how that affected her game, how she feels more comfortable with the court now, and, um, but honestly, think, like, one of the biggest things for her is it's more of, like, a confidence, a confidence booster, and um, that overseas experience, at least, uh, and so, yeah, obviously, she's going to play, like, a big role 
for them as, um, as a big and, um, you know, I think they're definitely looking for her to be aggressive and, you know, help out in the paint. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she develops too. And, and, you know, the, the headliner, we, we haven't touched on quite as much, but Natasha Howard just, the I thought her post game interview was was interesting and just the game she had and and just hearing her talking about stuff like confidence and just the way she the way she talks she she carries herself with so much confidence but she's also this very low key personality and she isn't necessarily like this rah rah person that's always mm-hmm. in your face you know just what have you made of kind of the dynamic and maybe and maybe kind of where. You know, is is she somebody that the team is looking to her more? Is, are, you know, is have people noticed that she's talking more, maybe taking on more of that leadership role? Just what do you make of kind of Natasha and the the word confidence coming off such a great year, but now just in a in a prime position to do so much more? I kind of see her as someone that leads, um, kind of leads by example or like a silent leader. Um, she's definitely not someone, at least in the practices that I've been in like, out there kind of, you know, being cheerleader, yelling at people from the sideline, or kind of just trying to, like, boost morale um, outwardly, at least. But, I mean, she's definitely, like, a complete player. The performance that she gave against Phoenix, I think she led the team with, like, 21 points, five steals, um, 16 rebounds. Um, you know, they. I think they'll definitely be looking to her to, like, at least maintain that, if not, um, you know, super, I don't know how much better she can get, how much more complete she can get, but um, but maybe supersede it. But as far as being a leader goes, I think she's, she's more of, like, a lead-by-example type. Um, it's really clear to me that everyone has, like, the utmost respect for her. Um, so I think it's more like she's kind of the archetype of what people should aspire to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and they're going to need that. And I think the other player, Sue Bird, popped in on the ESPN broadcast, and she, she mentioned this name too, was was Alicia Clark, who, who was who was back in Seattle in time for the, the opener, or back in Washington, but didn't play. What's the latest on Alicia, and, and just how do you, how's she doing physically? And is she going to be, you know, I think she's, is she going to be good to go to pretty much plug back in right away? Um, Alicia is going to be resting for the next, um, they're playing tomorrow, Wednesday, against the Lakes. She's going to be resting for that game, too. But I think she'll probably be playing Friday, if not Saturday. Um, I talked to Gary Kloppenberg about that briefly, and he just said that they wanted to give her a couple more days off because she literally like just got off the plane from France a couple days ago um, and obviously like played for longer than other overseas players because they made it to the finals um, in the French League. I think French League Championship. Not sure if I've got that terminology right. Um, so, so they're just trying to give her a little bit of rest. But she should be. I expect her to be good to go Friday, if not Saturday. So that'd be my prediction. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. Then on on Wednesday for them playing the Lynx and and Nafisa Collier coming off that huge game. Uh, Clark would obviously be option number one to try to combat her a little bit especially with how with how big Nafisa is and and that'll be interesting to see something like that play out and I guess you know how do you how do you see them going in that one do you think we see the you think we see the same look that we saw with uh with the lineup in the opener 
yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it obviously, like, eliminates, um, you know, I feel like they look to her as kind of being a defensive stalwart, so kind of, like, plugs in a little bit, like, some of their other holes when she wasn't playing, so she'll definitely have a spot in the starting five, but, but yeah, it'll definitely, um, I, like I said, I think they're going to be kind of, like, playing with the, like, who they put out there based on which teams they're going to be matching up against, so, uh, so I'm sure that Gary will be more than happy to have her back in the, you know, back in the lineup and not have to worry about, um, you know, relying on another big or maybe someone a little bit less experienced, so. And you, and we, uh, you mentioned before we, we started recording, they have, they have a little bit of a, a road stretch here. They're at Minnesota, uh, in Atlanta, in Chicago, playing every other day. They get the mm-hmm. links at home again right away. Then they're Chicago, Indy, Washington, Connecticut, and then they're finally back again for two home games in a row. I guess you know what, what maybe of maybe some of the players f- further down the roster, maybe somebody gets some spot minutes. Is there is there somebody you're really looking? going to be watching closely or is there maybe a dynamic you're looking forward to seeing develop as especially as they take this on the road for kind of an extended stretch early season hmm. I, I mean honestly I think <laughs> most of my attention is going to be on Lloyd and Lloyd in Canada and seeing how they step up um, but um, aside from that um, yeah, definitely and th- you know seeing if Howard can keep up the pace that she's on right now. Uh, but um, those are probably the three players that I'm going to have the most, like pay the most attention to because I honestly think that a lot of their um, future success kind of is riding on the performance of them, of those three. Um, so I'll probably be keeping an eye on them. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's a totally fair point to make. I mean, all three of them played more than 34 minutes in the opener and Maybe they maybe they are going to be intentional and maybe scaling that a little bit back, especially when they're playing every other day here. But for the most part, you know, if they want to, as as we hit on earlier, you know, if, when the margin fair gets slimmer, you're going to need those players are going to need to carry them, and and this will be an interesting early stretch for them. What have you heard about, or maybe what have you noticed with uh, with the second round or the yeah second round pick on the roster, Anriel Howard, and and how she did in camp, and just what they're looking looking for, for from her this year. From all, from everything I heard, Gary was really impressed with her. Um, you know, obviously she got on the roster, so you know that's what basically tells you all you need to know. Um, I think that they're just kind of like easing, you know, easing. I don't think she played any minutes during the opener, so they're kind of like easing her into it. Um, but. Um, but yeah, as far as like getting along with the team, she's been a very like she's a very like different personality. She's very like um, um, what's the word rambunctious kind of like she's got like a very she's like a total extrovert. Um, so as far as getting along with the team goes, they're kind of like teasing her a little bit, but like in a loving way. It's almost like they're teasing her, so it means that they accept her. Um, it kind of reminds me of. Um, of like young Magic Johnson relating to like um, Kareem or something like that. Some of the other players are kind of more chill, and Andrea comes out here for the 
ton of energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> so it's kind of like a funny dynamic in that respect. But um, but yeah, you know, they're um, I think they're kind of just like using her, you know, into the league so far. But um, but they were really impressed with her in camp, um, and so. So yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see once she finally gets out on the court what she does. Yeah, and and as one of the true big risers, you know, maybe not, you know, because of where she was drafted in the second round, it, people, some may not look at it this way, but just the way she kind of transitioned into more of a perimeter player so quickly, playing at Mississippi State her final year, definitely flashed a lot of growth in, in just in a year's time even to do some of that stuff and that's that's an interesting thing to get in a second round player someone that might you know keep you know two three years might be able to kind of stack that growth year over year and really and really surprise people with what she's able to add there yeah for sure and i think that they're like especially with how the team looks right now they're looking for someone that can make those kinds of transitions and be versatile you know what i mean um so so I think she's definitely a good fit for this team in particular. Um, but definitely, like you said before, definitely less than for error. I mean, one one other thing that I forgot to mention was just like, you know, from the free throw line, I think they shot, they were 15 from 23. You know, like little things like that that might seem small um, in the moment. I feel like that, you know, they just like can't make those mistakes, like, those will add up very quickly because there is less margin for error. So kind of from a broader standpoint, um, that's definitely something that they're going to have to keep an eye on too. Yeah, Natasha was uh, was four for nine in that one, but one way to one way to make up for that is with seven offensive rebounds. And that that's yeah. the, the, the fascinating thing with her too is just like, you know, it's people talk about spacing and three-point shooting and, and like, yeah, it's important. And I always kind of try to, caution myself to not like overrate that stuff and just be miserable and talking about it all the time but you know one of the things (laughs) one of the things with natasha is is she's she spends a lot of time out there now but she also strikes this balance where you know she knows when she can sneak in there and just sprint to the rim and especially when she's like up top you know people just aren't expecting to have to box someone out at the top of the key 30 feet from the rim but you know if you blink at all like she's already there like because she's just so quick yeah yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that that's been, you know, that's been really important for them just to have someone in there that can hustle and be tough in the paint. You know, she's, um, like I said before, she's really charged there. So so I think just like a willingness to be aggressive is going to be big for not only her, but for the team as a whole moving forward. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting for sure. And and having having hit on most of the roster here, you know, Courtney Courtney Paris didn't play in the opener. You, know, you kinda you kinda hit on that how they're kinda gonna play the matchups and Shavante Zellis was was an interesting, very under the radar kind of signing for them. It the last last year in New York was just so strange for so many of those players and just the whole dynamic of them having to play in WCC and it was just it was just a lot to process. From the outside, I'm sure it was tough for them too. But you know, the the interesting thing too is that you know they just they have you know they might look small if you if you really like stack it up with some of these groups. But like yesterday when they when they took Jordan off the floor and they had they had Lloyd 
I think they had Jewel Lloyd, Zealous, and then I guess it might have been Sammy Whitcomb or, or Mosqueda Lewis, but then but you know, Zealous and then when Alicia Clark gets back, like they're gonna have some big guards and they can mm-hmm. they can kinda handle some of these bigger players like a Chelsea Gray and Angel Makatru and they get back and they you know, that might and that'll, you know, kinda be a plus for them to to kind of buoy the defense where they you know, they don't have Stewie inside and that, that makes things different, but makes things different, but this is this was a great situation for Zealous to walk into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you know, in her, you know, they get like a really strong defender. They get a veteran presence. Um, so, you know, I think she's been at, like the WNBA for like ten years or so. Um, you know, I think um, she'll definitely be a good addition to their team. Someone that they're really excited about. Um, so, so yeah, I uh, I think they're definitely excited about her too. And and one last thing I wanted to wrap on, I was I was excited to read this in one of your pieces because it was something I had hoped we would see too. And obviously, it's it's going to be uh, delayed now. But when you mentioned kind of playing with the lineups, I thought the most interesting thing once we knew that Stu was going to be out was you know hopefully we can see some of Sue Bird back because. If she can be out there playing with with Jewel and Jordan in some three guard, guard lineups, you know, talking about the pressure that's on the latter two to score, having Sue out there would help them a ton. And I think that would really, you know, being able to go to that at least a little bit every game, I think that would get them pretty close to to still being one of the top offenses in the league for those when those three are together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think having her out there definitely take um, take a lot of like the pressure off, you know. Um, and as far as, like, the scope thing that she's going under, it really sounds kind of like, um, from what I've heard, at least, from former WNBA players and from Super Cell, it really seems like the timeline is kind of flexible, and initially it was reported that she, you know, people have been saying, like, she's out indefinitely, and that's something that she kind of, um, I could tell that it kind of, like, made her a little bit uncomfortable to put it that way because I think it definitely kind of sounds like more grim than she uh, believes it's going to be. Um, you know, just in talking to her, it seemed like she's really, she really truly believes that she's going to be back sooner rather than later. So, um, you know, so hopefully for their sake, <laughs> that's true. But, um, but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how she folds into that, into those three now. Yeah, and, and and one last update I wanted to 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 touch on, and for people that maybe haven't kept up on it of late, just uh, to just hear from you to let the people know the latest on on Dan Hughes. Well, he's been coming. Um, he's been coming to all the practices uh, that I've been to the past couple of days. So um, they have they haven't announced an official um, like time time frame for him to come back yet, but. Um, but he's been out there. He was there for the opener. Um, I think those are all promising signs. So, so we still don't really know when exactly he's coming back. But my guess, um, famous two would be sooner rather than later. Yeah, and that's that's something. Obviously, everybody everybody's following very closely, and just the fact that he is already uh, spending a lot of time with the team is obviously great news and exciting to hear. And hopefully, we get to see him back with the team uh, full-time uh, sooner rather than later here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Gary, you know, Gary's been an interim coach before, so he kind of knows what he's doing. But they really, they, they're both kind of on the same plane. They're both kind of like defensive-minded coaches. So, um, so even though, you know, it's not the same having Dan take the reins, I think, um, I think Gary's been doing a good job as interim coach. And, you know, I think that um, hopefully, you know, Hopefully Dan will be back sooner rather than later, but um, but I think in the meantime Gary's doing a really really solid job, and they also have Noel Quinn, who was a player you know player on the farm last year, and she's transitioned to assistant coach, so they have another familiar face with her, um, and then Sue's coming to all the practices too, so that helps that helps a lot. Absolutely, and we'll look forward to seeing how they how they handle this road trip. That remember that that. If you listen to this by Wednesday, that that Storm Lynx game is on CBS Sports Network, as is their Friday game against Atlanta. But to wrap up here, Alex, I wanted to give you a chance to share with everybody listening, if they don't know already, where you where you're going to be writing this season and where they can keep up play work. Yeah, um, so you can find my writing at theathletic.com/slash/wnba or theathletic.com/slash/seattle. And I also promote it um, on Twitter at Kapta underscore. Um, so yeah, those three places. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really exciting to see the athletic roll out that vertical, and it's exciting to see them commit to putting people you know in these markets on the ground as well as some some national contributors as well. And and obviously the Seattle, the Storm are an important team to follow along. It's it's along with it's of course it'd be you know it's. It, it stinks to see that Stewie's out, but they uh, they made it clear, you know, v- both verbally and with how they played on Sunday, that they they uh, have no intentions to <laughs> to fall out of the playoff hunt and that they want to make some noise there. So it's uh, you know we're happy for happy to see what the athletic is doing at, at large with their coverage and happy that you're getting the chance there to to cover them on the day to day on a day to day basis. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I think they're really relishing the. Um, the unique position they're in where they're kind of underdogs because people are, you know, discounting them with, with Stewie out, with Stewie out. Um, and I, I just think it's a really unique position to be in for them to be training, um, you know, WNBA champion, but also be able to play into that underdog, like, don't count it, don't count it out, like, us against the world type thing. So, so it's definitely an interesting team to cover, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely, and once again, be sure to follow along with Alex's coverage all season long. You can go sign up for a subscription with The Athletic to let them know that this coverage, that people want this coverage, that the desire is there, and that make sure we we send that message with our subscription dollars. But we'll uh, we'll look forward to checking in with you later in the season and following along with what you write. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining the show today. Thanks so much, Ben. Talk to you later.